Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, City Church? How you doing? Uh, my name is Brady Wright, and I'm super uh, excited to be here with you today. Hey, I have been told that City Church Boulder is one of the most funnest churches in Colorado. So can we give Jesus our loudest praise of the day really quick and just give all glory to God? <laughs> I am, uh, like Drake said, I'm here today with my super uh, good-looking wife, uh, Bridget. Uh, it's just a sign that God is real and he performs miracles that a guy like me could get a girl like her. Uh, and we have four uh, beautiful children uh, who are also here. So when you invite the, rat, the right family, uh, the kids' ministry also grows. And so uh, we have four kids, ages nine, six, four, and one. They get the, hard, the more you have, the harder that gets. Nine, six, four, and one. And uh, like Pastor Drake said, uh, we just planted Fresh Hope Church. And this week, Fresh Hope Church is 11 weeks old. And so 11 weeks old as a church. Uh, this is actually my first time, our first time being away from Fresh Hope Church on a Sunday. Uh, so I'm kind of like, you know, like this. Uh, but like Drake said, we have a great team that, uh, that God is using. We're so excited about what God is doing there. And our church meets right where Parker and Aurora and Centennial, Colorado meet. Uh, it's right on the Douglas and Arapahoe uh, County line. And God's already been working in extraordinary ways. And we're so thankful for, for you guys and your investment. Like Pastor Drake said, we don't take it for granted that churches here in Colorado have invested in the dream that God put on our hearts. And today, Drake has asked me to, uh, to talk about generosity, and it's something that is dear to our hearts, but uh, the reason that it's dear to us is because you guys have demonstrated to us what generosity looks like, and it's just a big deal to us. We love your pastors so much. Pastor Drake is like that, you know, you know that cool guy in high school, that, you know, he's a, he, he follows Jesus, but he's like in Disney one week, he's riding his motorcycle the next week, and he's always rocking that like killer mustache. You know, he's just like the coolest, the coolest guy in high school. That's Pastor Drake. Uh, and then uh, Pastor Danielle is uh, just the most amazing, sweetest, kindest, creative person that ever meets. So hey, do you love your pastors? We land together for Drake and Danielle, uh, the amazing, an amazing couple. And and hey, listen, uh, there's this stigma not just in Boulder, but the Denver Metro and Colorado. A lot of church plants come. Uh, and there's kind of a ceiling on what, what God can use them to do. And, and a lot of churches close their doors. And me and we're talking on the way here. And one thing that we just believe wholeheartedly for Pastor Drake and Danielle and for City Church is that City Church will be here serving people and loving people to Jesus 30 years from now here in Boulder, Colorado. And we're so excited about what God's doing here and, and just so pumped to be here. All right, so today's message, y'all have been in this series uh, called The Sauce. So the good stuff, you know, the good stuff of Jesus. You can, you can 
apply these things to your lives and just, just see amazing things uh, happen. And this one that I'm speaking on today is something that has really transformed my life. We're going to be talking about the gift of generosity and how we serve a generous and compassionate God. In fact, uh, the two pillars of our church, so when God gave us the vision for Fresh Hope Church, the two pillars that he told us for it to be built upon were generosity and compassion. This is something that is uh, extremely important to the heart of God, but has also transformed uh, our family, our lives. And, 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 uh, and like I said, because of your generosity, we are now able to be a generous church. You know, uh, Pastor Drake was talking about the, the churches that you're investing Investing in, and, and here we are, eleven weeks old, and we've already financially invested in three other churches. And so, when you are a kingdom-minded church and the body of Christ, and we serve together, there's nothing that God can't do through you. So, thank you for being a generous and compassionate church. And so, I would go as far to say the spiritual discipline of generosity has been the key to our success in life, family, and ministry. Uh, it, it didn't always start out off good. Uh, for us, and I'll get into a little bit more of our story here in a minute, but uh, my mom passed away when I was three years old, and, and I grew up, and I, I didn't grow up in the church, so if you grew up in the church, God bless you, and, and I'm thankful that you have that experience, that wasn't my story. Uh, I, I ran about as far away from God as I could, and I blamed God for taking my mom, and, and I was just so angry and hurt, and so I struggled with addiction from age 14 to 24. Uh, at the end of my addiction, uh, I was a, I was an everyday IV drug user. I was a heroin addict, uh, and, and I had a lot of debt. I had money problems. Uh, at that point, Bridget had cut off cut off communication with me. Uh, the first six months of our oldest life, uh, I was a deadbeat dad, uh, and so so that's that, that that's who we we were. And and I was just I was just messed up. And hey, listen, listen, I'm still messed up. I'm just a lot better than I used to be. Come on, somebody, okay? Uh, uh, and so uh, if you're looking, I, I love how Pastor Drake says that if you're looking for the perfect church with the perfect people in it, City Church Boulder might not be the place for you because the one thing that each of us have in common is that we have brokenness. We have failures. We have flaws. But we have a Jesus who's so much bigger than our failures and flaws. And so I'm still messed up. Uh, but however, I've been clean for a little, uh, almost 10 years now, and, uh, and, and I have friends in the recovery community, uh, kind of the, the name of our church, Fresh Hope, Jesus breathed fresh hope into our lives in this season of desperation, and we believe Jesus Christ has that same fresh hope for every hurting person here along the front range uh, in Colorado and beyond. We know that without a doubt. But, but I was talking to a friend in the recovery community recently, and, and, uh, and, and I'm probably in like the point zero 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 one percent of people in the world who, who go from heroin addiction to church planner, and, and he asked me the question, he said, how, how are you able to do that? Um, this was somebody who, you know, had been clean for about a year, like, how were you able to, to kind of put aside the way that you'd lived your life, have a, have a relationship with Jesus, and then go on to, to try to build his kingdom? And, and first off, it was not me, it was God, it was all God, uh, and the only way to achieve true success is to identify that God gets all the glory, so God radically tra transformed my life and, and restored our family, and, and we're here today with, uh, as an example of his grace uh, and his mercy. Uh, but secondly, God taught me early on about generosity and how giving him the first in all things could transform my life, could completely transform my life. And, and we, just not, we just wouldn't be here today. Our family wouldn't have made it, the success that we've had. We wouldn't be here today without God sharing his heart for generosity with us. We have a family, uh, a family verse, like a life verse 
for our family. It's something that's super important to us, and we have just hung on to this over the last 10 years, every single step of the way. And it's an incredible story about what God has done. And we build our lives around this verse. You want to hear it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Luke 16.10 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. So th- this is not, you know, we're talking about generosity and we're in church. And some of you are like, oh, a giving message in church uh, on generosity. This isn't about, this isn't a giving message. This is to talk about how God will change your life and the lives of those around you through generosity. And let's really press into that today. I believe that God has something for each of us here in this space today. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for each person in this room. I thank you for life change that happens every single day. I thank you that, uh, for, for what you are building here at City Church. And above all, I just thank you for your love. Uh, that you could see someone like me so imperfect and broken and, and be able to restore. And my story is not unique. You have fresh hope for every person. And I pray for the person in this room today who's struggling with something that you know all about. And I just pray that we can surrender whatever that something is. I pray that you fill our space today with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, hey, raise your hand uh, if you're in the room. Uh, I like a little audience participation sometimes. All right, so raise your hand uh, if you're in this room and you've ever been broke. Broke, 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 broke. All right, all right there's broke and there's like broke, and that's what I was, okay? Uh, I, I was beyond broke. I, I, uh, broke would be giving me too much credit. Uh, we, were, we were significantly in financial ruin and dead. It was insurmountable. I was completely broke. And listen, our first two years as parents, so here we are. I told you the story. Like God, re, uh, God delivered me from heroin addiction and restored our family, uh, but we still had nothing, uh, and we had debt, but we had Jesus, and, and that can, that can overcome uh, anything. Uh, but, but here we are. We're in this place. In our first two years uh, as parents, uh, we lived off food stamps, Medicaid, uh, any government assistance program that, uh, that the world offered we had. Uh, they, they, you know, they, we'd pick them up, tell them our situation. You qualify immediately. Uh, and that was, that was the way that we kind of lived and, uh, and, and got by. And, and hey, listen, I'm, I'm a super transparent guy. Is it okay if I'm honest in church today? You guys are all right? Now, that, that's, that's a hard space to be in when you're completely dependent upon uh, those around you to kind of get by, and, and we'd never had much, and, uh, and it was just hard, and, 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 uh, and, I, and I was broke, and, and, and I had never given God a dime of my money, because after all, that's my money, right? Come on, come on, that's my money. I'm not going to give my money to anybody else because that's my money. I earned it. You know, I worked for that money. Why, why would I give my money to somebody else? So God had never gotten a dime of my money, even though I really didn't have anything to give at all. Uh, because after all, uh, I could not afford to give. Now, now, who in this room, and remember we're being honest, has ever had that thought? I cannot afford to give. I have not, I cannot afford to give. Man, I let that consume my life because it's not just a, it's not just a thought. It's a way that you live. And I just didn't think that I had anything much to offer, not just the world, uh, not just financially, but the world. I just didn't have a lot of self-esteem. Uh, I just didn't feel like I could give anything. I cannot afford to give. And I let that really get into my soul. I cannot afford to give. When I met Jesus, I began the process of studying his word, and I began asking him to make me a man after his own heart, 
I had a lot going against me, and the only thing, I mean, I'm telling you guys, this was a desperate situation. The only thing I had going for me is that suddenly I had a friend in Jesus. Maybe somebody in the room here today, you've got a lot of issues in life. Rest assured, you have a wonderful friend in Jesus who will walk alongside of you through anything this world could ever throw at you. And he can help you overcome whatever that thing is. I had a friend in Jesus. Jesus wants to be our friend. So I started to pursue him. Man, I just, I, I needed something. I, I'd never, my life was such a mess. It was a disaster. And, and I just, I needed Jesus to do something radical in my life. The verse that changed my life. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek for me and find me when you search with your whole heart. And up until this point, I tried to fit uh, God into my comfort zone, uh, into my convenience, my relationship with God. As long as it didn't stretch me out of my comfort zone, then I was, then I was okay with it. And I was a baby Christian in this season. And, uh, but, but something stood out about that whole heart, that whole heart, that whole heart. You will seek for me and find me when you search with your whole heart. I was desperate for Jesus. I was desperate for something to change in my life. And I read this verse over and over and over and over, and I started to do a self-inventory. And I would ask myself this question. Maybe some of you guys uh, have asked this. Am I giving God the first in all things? So that's a question I just started asking myself. Am I giving God the first in all things? And the Holy Spirit started to do a work in me. Am I giving God the first in all things? And as I reflected, I realized there was something I was not, that I was holding back. And it was my finances. And it was because I grew up in this mindset nobody in my family ever gave. Uh, no, 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 nobody in my immediate family. You know, I grew up with my dad. My mom passed away. My, my dad, uh, uh, this is through your generosity, my dad gave his heart to Jesus this past year and got baptized at Fresh Hope Church on launch Sunday. Come on, somebody. Uh, and so how amazing is that? Uh, but... Uh, 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 my dad has never given, he, he's never tithed. He's a baby Christian now, and so he's learning and he's growing. And, uh, but I, I just grew up with this mindset that, you know, I, I can't give. I don't have anything to give. And, and, and I just, I just th thought that I couldn't afford to. And, 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 you know, I think we think this oftentimes is that I thought maybe I could get a job and we could get our family into a better financial situation, and then I'll start giving to God. When, when, when what we need to understand and realize is that God's blessing is so much bigger than this comfortable season that we're pursuing in the midst of his calling that's on our lives. God has called us to be a generous people and a generous church and, and, and called us to share his love through the gift of generosity. He's a generous and compassionate God. And by the way, this is a poverty level mindset of thinking. We, we get into this thought process where I cannot afford to give because I don't have much to give. And then we sit there forever. Some people live their lives that way. I don't have enough to give. I have this going on, this going on, this going on. And God is kind of a last priority in that. And I want us to really, if there's one thing that, uh, that, that I'd love for you to leave thinking about today, other than how much Jesus loves you, is that our little in the hands of God gets turned into more than enough. Our little in the hands of God gets turned into more than enough. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Oh, he's an amazing and incredible God. Let that get into your heart today. Our little in the hands of God, it gets turned into more than enough. I believe that that, that can set someone free this morning. Our little in the hands of God turned into more than enough. And so we started giving 
10% in our story, you know, I, God was just, you know, speaking, hey, whole heart, whole heart, whole heart. And it was difficult in this season. And, and God just said, hey, you know, start giving. And so we started giving 10% through the church. And we'd never given in our lives. So, you know, we're at the church and we're like, how do you give? Like, what percentage are you supposed to give? And I'm like trying to figure this out as I go, you know. And, uh, and then we started giving to others uh, on top uh, of that 10%. And, and God started blessing us in that way. And, and uh, we started to see him work in, in an incredible way. And uh, we started to see God move. And, uh, and it's, just not, uh, it's just not always easy to give. And, and, and after Jesus, after meeting Jesus at age, at age 24, I, I had just gotten out of rehab and, uh, and God did the miraculous and, and he restored our family and we had a baby and, uh, and we just got pregnant with baby number two and, and now we got four. Uh, come on somebody. Uh, and, and we lived in what I call, uh, I call it the country ghetto. Okay. And so maybe you, you tell me my accent. Uh, we're originally from, from Alabama. Uh, and we moved to the Denver metro about four years ago, and this is home, and this is uh, where God has called us, and we love the people here and love you guys. And, uh, but we're originally from Alabama, and so, so I, here I was, and I'd been in addiction for 10 years, and, and God delivered from me that. I got saved, and I was in this rehab for eight months, and, 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 uh, and so I got out, and, and, and I was in this uh, place where, where God was trying to put it on our heart to start giving, but, uh, but, but we were living in this place called the, I called it the country ghetto because it's outside of Tuscaloosa, like 30 minutes outside of it, and you know, there's dealers on every corner, uh, but we had Jesus all of a sudden, so we had confidence that, that he could lead us through it. Now, I remember our rent was $600 a month, and it felt like that was an impossible amount, $600 a month, there's no way that we can, we can make that. I don't know how, how it's going to work. And, and it was in this season, God told me again, your whole heart, your whole heart. And, and so myself and Bridget prayed, and we just made a decision. We're, we're going to truly go all in. We didn't want to just talk about Jesus. We wanted to live our lives for Jesus, okay? And we wanted to give him the first and everything that he had given us. And, and, and I, was, uh, I remember I got a job as a server. That was my first job after, after I was in rehab and uh, and, and man, hey, just to share with you guys kind of where my head was at in this point, I remember Bridget and me driving to this restaurant, and, and I remember sitting in the parking lot, and she had to convince me to get out of the car to go apply for the job because it was a good restaurant, and I didn't think I was good enough to work there because I'd had this 10-year drug history, and, and, and I'd had all these issues and all these problems, and I just didn't think any, I was worthy of anything good. It goes back to that poverty level of mindset of thinking. And it all has, a lot of it has to do with how we value ourselves. And I didn't have a lot of self-worth in that season. And, and, and I remember Bridget just like, just go in and apply. Just go in and apply. And, and I applied, and it was the nicest restaurant in Tuscaloosa. And I got the job, and, and it was great. Yeah, praise God for that. And I got the job. And, and I, I remember God was still like, first in all things, first in all things. And, and listen, hey, it's one thing to give 10%. It's another thing when you're a server. I don't know if there's any restaurant workers in the room. When you're a server, you have all cash tips, cash money. Come on. Uh, uh, and so on Sunday, uh, you're counting out your cash. Uh, and it's more than you know the power bill is next week. But God was telling us to give the first in all things, and we we're like, we don't know how you're going to do it, God, but we're going to take a step of faith today, and we're going to drop this 10% here in the offering basket that went around the church. And we started doing that each week. We started putting that 10% in, knowing that, we, knowing that we wouldn't know how to pay our power bill, but we were just in love with Jesus, and we wanted him to have our best and first in all things. And listen, there's one recorded time in Scripture where God flat out says, test me in this. Test me in this. 
test me in this. And, and when I read Scripture and I see God one recorded time in Scripture say, test me in this, we've just learned that we're going to put him to the test. And, and, and he says this in Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And so we just started putting God to this test, and and we started believing that he would do something incredible. And that's when we started giving 10%. And in just nine months after starting a job serving tables, I got promoted to the manager of the restaurant. Yeah, I remember, man, I had that plaque that said, manager on duty, Brady Wright. Uh, man, I was fired up about it. I, I, remember, uh, I, I remember that uh, uh, we had 120 employees, and all of a sudden, uh, it was, this, was a, this was a God thing, you guys. I was nine months out of rehab, and they put me, I was overseeing a budget of $5 million a year. We had 120 employees, and I became the senior manager in about a year and a half. And, and, and I remember the first time, I, it was like the second time I got a raise. Now remember, we were making $32,000 a year, and it might as well been a million dollars, you guys. 32K a year, I was balling. We'd never had so much money. I was the manager of the restaurant. We knew it was all God. So we decided this. You know, Malachi 3.10, test me in this. We started testing him, and we just started seeing his favors show up in our lives, and his presence, and his goodness. And so we started saying, you know what, let's just keep putting God to the test. Let's just keep seeing if this is real, if this is real, what God's saying here. And, and so we started doing this. Every time we got a raise, God would get a raise too. And so we started giving 0.5% extra each time that we got a raise. And guess what? God kept giving promotions and opportunities and opening doors, and we never went without power on our power bill. Come on, somebody. God is a generous and a compassionate God. It's who he is. It's the character of God. Today we live off the 85% and give 15. One day our dream is to live off the 10 and give away 90. To some of you that may sound crazy, but goodness, listen, listen close. That's where the blessed life is. That's where the blessed life is. I was talking to a pastor friend in Denver the other day, and and I was asking them how they served their community through the pandemic. And they're right on Broadway uh, in Denver there, and their their church is surrounded by restaurants. And when the restaurants shut down, that uh, they gave uh, over seventy-five thousand uh, dollars to pay one month of about forty restaurant employees' bills. None of those forty restaurant workers had ever been to their church before, even though their church was across Broadway from the restaurant. Uh, today, about twenty-two of those restaurant workers have come to church and given their hearts to Jesus because of the act of generosity. People see Jesus in us whenever we share His love through generosity. It's important. It's the secret sauce. It's the good stuff. Oh, it's so amazing when God shows up and does more than we could ask. I needed God to show up. And, and listen, over the year 2020, so, 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 so you know, I, God made me the manager, and I ended up going to Bible college, and that's a whole other story for a, no, a whole other day. I remember going just thinking that I wasn't good enough to go to college. And, and, and again, it has to do with identity and self-worth. And then I just pressed into Jesus, and I just kept taking little steps of faith. 
And God just kept building me and pouring into me and our family and, and, and helped us grow in that season. And, and so here we are. We knew uh, God had called us one day, about seven years ago, he said, one day I want you and Bridget to pastor a church whose generosity and compassion touched the world. Those were the two words he gave for us because God had been so generous and compassionate to us. And so in 2020, at the first of the year, we were on staff at a church in Denver, and God just spoke to us, it's time for you to step out into this calling. And I remember the church brought us on stage like Pastor Drake just did, and they prayed over us and commissioned us and sent us off. And I remember next week, a global pandemic started. And when you're stepping out into a season, church planning is already an unknown season, and then all of a sudden you add a global pandemic to that. And it was extremely scary, and I just remember thinking to myself, uh, uh, God, we need you to show up. Uh, we, we need you to show up and do something extraordinary here. I don't know what this looks like, but, but we desperately need you to show up in this moment. And, and I remember, you know, the first couple of months we kind of got by, uh, you, you know, as a family, when you got four kids, you're living in a high cost of living area, you're a church planner and you've you got a global pandemic going on, it, it becomes really scary. And and we started asking God for these big things. And, and I remember in that season, me and Bridget had this conversation and, and we considered dialing back our, our giving to 10% because everything in the world said to hold on to everything that you have. And, and so we were, we were trying to grow this church and, and we were like, we should, we should just pull back on giving. But the Holy Spirit spoke to us and said, uh, uh, you know, if you give, I'm going to bless. Test me in it. Test me. The Holy Spirit was, test me in this. Test me in this. And God had already done so much in our lives. And so we just made a decision. We're going to up it a little bit. And that was extremely scary and hard in that season. We didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. And, and, and I just remember God showing up. And, and, and I remember God providing through that season. It cost a lot of money to plant a church. And, and so you, you fast forward a year later. And, and so March, uh, March 21st of 2021, we launched Fresh Hope Church. And, and in the pandemic, we had goals, the fundraising goals. And I remember our goal uh, to, to raise, before the pandemic started, we set a goal to raise a half million dollars to launch Fresh Hope Church. Now, that's a lot of money. Uh, even in Buell, Alabama, that's a lot of money. Come on. Uh, that, that's a lot of money uh, for us. Uh, and, and that was before the pandemic started. And then the pandemic started, and we were like, maybe we should adjust, adjust what, what we believe we can do. But we shouldn't adjust what we know that God can do, because God said to test me in this. And so we just started being generous and giving and, and asking God to show up in a great way. And, and here's the thing that uh, we, we didn't, uh, uh, as of last month, we hit our fundraising goal. We hit our people on our launch team goal. Uh, this year, me and Bridget, uh, we, we signed the paperwork uh, to be able to build a house and lay roots here in Colorado. We'll be first-time homeowners. And, uh, and we remember that decision in the country ghetto in Buell, Alabama, when God said, test me in this, give me the first in all things. And we just said, you know what, God, we're going to take a step of faith towards you. And so, so, so I just want to encourage you with that today is that when we take a step towards God, God sprints towards us. When we share generosity and compassion with the world, you never know who God is going to use it to, uh, to bless and how He's going to use it in someone's life. And then we had other churches like yourselves come alongside us in the vision of Fresh Hope Church and, uh, uh, and, and try to grow that church. And, and here's the thing. This is my favorite part of Fresh Hope Church. We want the church to be built upon generosity and compassion. So here's some things that I want to share you that we were able to do during the pandemic. And this is in the year 2020. We gave away $5,000 to two months rent to Urban Outreach in Denver so they could keep their doors open to feed the homeless. 
We gave $1,000 to buy a class full of refugee children in Aurora the equipment they needed to do e-learning so that they wouldn't fall behind in school. We gave $3,000 to help plant new churches in New York City, Trinidad and Tobago, Germany, Denver, and Aurora. And get this, we were able to give away over $15,000 to feed families in need of groceries, pay families power bills who were jobless, provide clothing, Christmas presents for kids, Thanksgiving meals for family, and blessing to those who had lost loved ones. That's what God did. That's what God did. Malachi 3.10, test me in this. And see that I will not open the floodgates of heaven. Oh, man, we need so much in our world right now. But above all, man, I just need a touch of heaven. I need a touch of Jesus into my life. And I think we see him best whenever we can get out of self and we can be generous and compassionate. And we can say, here I am, God. Help me fill a need in somebody's life. Help me be a, a person that, that follows you. And, and listen, I, I believe this wholeheartedly that we see God when we bless others. That's truly the blessed life. That's the good stuff. That's the secret sauce of our faith is that when we can be a blessing and serve someone else and they can encounter Jesus through our act of serving and the band can come up whenever you guys are ready, but they can see Jesus in us and God can just do something profound in that moment. I remember when, when I was struggling with addiction and, 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 and there was just, I didn't have much going on and somebody would do something kind or generous to me or, or, or give us something. I, I remember somebody bought our groceries one time. Little did they know that was like our last little bit of money that we had that week. God, God used it to do something in my heart. And so when we step out and we say, here I am, God, use me in however way you see fit. I want to serve. I want to be generous. I want to love someone else. God can just show up. And so I'd love for us to bow our heads right now here in this moment. Maybe you're here today, and maybe the thought of giving is just overwhelming to you, and that is completely okay. I know it's the heart of City Church, and I ask, uh, you know, they want this worship experience to be a gift to you if this is your first time here. I'm not, I'm not talking about the church. I'm just talking about us. The, the greatest gift that we could ever receive and the greatest gift I ever received was the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. A messed up, broken, angry person who ran as far away from God as I possibly could. Oh, I, I had so much, I just remember those days and I just, I had so much confusion. And, and I remember I was in this little front office of a rehab facility in, in Birmingham, Alabama. And I remember somebody led me in a prayer. And it was a prayer where I asked Jesus into my heart. And I remember walking out of the little office, and it's like Jesus had breathed fresh hope into my life. My circumstances and situations were still the same, but suddenly I had a friend in Jesus. So everything was different. So if you're in here this morning, maybe you've never said a prayer or you've made a decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give everything to you, God. I'm going to give my life to you. I trust you with everything that I have. I want to live my life for you. I would love just right now here in this room to lead you in a prayer. And you can just say this under your breath. Nobody's looking. But I'd love to lead you in this prayer. God, I give my life to you. I pray that you fill me with your love. And I pray that you forgive me of my sin. I pray that I can walk with you all the days of my life. I might not have much, but if I have you, it's more than enough, God. 
Thank you for saving my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Can we put our hands together for Jesus one more time, man? So good, so good. As we go back into this moment of worship, let's just think about everything that God's done for us. He's so good. He loves you so much.